This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash Arts Council England. Great. I'm going to ask um, you a question, which I'm going to then open out. Um, so, um, Leonard Bernstein said that if you want to achieve greatness, you need a really great idea and not quite enough time. Ah. Um, I wonder if there's an equivalent in the world of rights. So, to achieve a great project which uses rights, you need a really great idea and not quite enough rights. Ah. Is there a way in which rights are a, uh, you can take an active stance towards rights that make them a positive contributor to a project, where thinking about them is positive, rather than this traditional sort of, you can't do it, rather than computer says no approach to rights. Mm. Is there a way you can say, okay, well, actually, it's a constraint, but you build on it? Well, definitely, you have to go looking for something new once, I mean, if computer says no, you've got to go and find something else. Or so. says nine, as the case may be. <laughs> exactly. Your, yeah. um, uh, nine way. Uh, <laughs> Uber haut nicht. <laughs> well, you would have been helpful. You should have um, <laughs> called me, so I could have got on that one. I mean, but, but is there a way in which, you know, having avenues closed off in that research process made you go into other areas and think through the proposition, the project, and go and look for different rights so you wouldn't have gone through otherwise if you'd had infinite money or infinite time? Uh, different material, yes. Um, let me try and think of an example. We, I mean, this is less about rights, but Will Self had actually wanted footage of the assassination. Um, and as far as I can tell, you can enlighten me if I'm wrong, there isn't any. There weren't any cameras actually rolling when the Archduke was shot. Um, so what we decided to do instead was take the few bits of footage that exist of, of the Archduke and Duchess earlier that day, um, going up into town hall, uh, footage from the funeral, um, intercut that with the stills that we could find. Right. Uh, and then the stills that we could find were determined by things I've already spoken about. Um, that still picture that was with uh, the Austin State Archive and so on. Um, which actually, if we'd had a little bit more time, we could have done. It's just that you know, we found them too late, really. Right. Uh, so hopefully that was a sort of workaround. I'm not sure that it's possible to say, can we look for different rights in something? Mm -hmm. uh, but actually, your solution in using low res seems a very canny, uh, you know, sidestep. Is it, is it that, Charlie? Is it sort of the art of the possible, um, just in practical terms? I, I think it has to be. I mean, uh, you, if you come up with an idea, you try and make it work. You make it work to your best of ability. If, if we'd been told there's no way you can do that, then... I don't know what we would have done. I, I think we probably, we started off and we did think, could we just go through and just think, ah, oh, 2,600 pictures and everything else, just, it's not going to happen. Um, so it already exists. I mean, it, it isn't defense. I mean, if that just because it's online means you can copy it. <laughs> but there are, there are elements that you've got to look. If other people are doing it and the stuff that's out there, so Discogs, which is a big site and everything else that's going there, so with, with images. And I think probably there were, uh, we did get advice that there were three images or three album artwork covers that we shouldn't do. So if we'd done the Beatles, Sergeant don't touch Pepper. it. Yeah. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Uh, Velvet Underground, Andy Warhol. Right. Um, and I can't remember what the third one, I've got it written down. I don't think we're Save the last gherkin for me. Uh, no, that was, that was <laughs> fine. Um, so I, I think there are, there are some people that you just 
it's not worth the hassle. So just to follow that up, Ben Green earlier was talking about the Creative Archive um, in the BBC, that, uh, which kind of started on this kind of great Greg Dyke notion that the entire BBC archive should be made available and you could do anything you wanted with it, which mm -hmm. is, it's a bit like, and by the end of the decade, we will have placed a man on the moon and brought him back safely. If you start from a sort of completist view, if you said, we're not doing it unless we get all 2,600 albums, is that, that's just a different project and impossible? It's just a timescale. I mean, we had a timescale, and actually, we wanted to... I mean, the space was going to run for 26 weeks. It became an obvious thing that this was something that people could come back to. It was short form. It's very different from making television or making first of, but it still has short form content, and it's about an experience, and that's really what we're trying to do, and that there were short form videos, which is kind of what we know about, and so working with making that was fine, and then it was working out how, what are all the other elements we could do. I mean, I think the... Um, the radio side of things is, is something that's difficult. I mean, that you've got, uh, it's an interesting notion of the BBC, everything's available, and that's kind of what, how we approached it. We said, oh, so everything that John's ever done with the BBC is available. And the BBC, oh! It's like, um, actually, we're not sure. Um, and then we just keep asking and asking and asking. And they have really, really tried sort of hard. But I think it's also a bit like you come to a project that the BBC might also go, why aren't we doing this? Um, and and it's, so it, it, you, you're sort of like, you're, you're I suppose the thing is that you're, you're dealing with rights and some people feel that there should be payment for rights and then we're just going, fortunately, I suppose the other thing is you've got to look at the space and it's actually, it's not a commercial project. It's not as if we were doing this, we were trying to, and it is something that we've got to look to in the future. It's like, if, if the project's to keep going and it can't stay on the space or the space doesn't continue or, and there are ongoing discussions with that, what do we do and how do we actually make that happen? But I think if suddenly Coca-Cola sponsored it, people would just go, that's not right, or McDonald's or something like that, because that's not John Peel either. So we, we started off with an idea of it being 3D, and someone said, that's not John Peel. <laughs> so, so, and also, it wouldn't have worked on space. So it's, 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 it's sort of a strategic decision when you come up with a project to frame it in such a way as you can actually do it. And Carolyn, you were talking about the big, and that's an obvious thing to say, but very often in digital projects, in my experience, people start with the, let's put a man on the moon and bring him back again. They don't start with the, and here's what we can do by Wednesday, sort of approach. So uh, when you put, when, when the, the copyright group was put in place, the digital strategy was put in place, what would be the tips you give to people who are sort of not, organisations not that far down that journey yet, about, you know, the things you must fight and die in a ditch for, and yeah. the things you can just let go? Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing is, I mean, it's not dissimilar if you're working in an institution. Um, you know, we, we, did, we did quite a few projects that were, either stealth projects where we just did them and then we said, look, isn't this great? Um, and we, or we went for projects where we knew there was content that was ready available. So, for example, the Google Art Project, we already had that digitized content at a very high res, so it was very easy for us to grab that right. and, put them in, and put it into Google Art Project and just get on with it. Otherwise, there could have been two years of conversations and it, you know, we, we, we wouldn't have been any better off. So do the thing that's possible fairly uh, soon it, and affordable. It's a combination, I think, of... of, of because pro there's nothing better than doing projects to show worth and to, and to experiment and to try things out, uh, particularly around the risk management and, and those sorts of issues. And, but then have that framework, start to put that framework in place where you've got the right people in the room to talk about those issues so that when you come back and say, okay, we did Google Art Project, this worked really well, this didn't work that well, wouldn't it be great if you've got some kind of forum in which to do that? And it needs to be a forum with a very clear remit 
with um, the mandate to be able to make decisions. Because again, in a big organisation, um, that, uh, that, that can get lost. So each of the projects you've just been describing have got a relationship between something that's being born digital, if you like, something that's being made now, mm. and something that's been made digital that was previously analogue. Mm -hmm. That's the Arts Council's new terminal phraseology for it, I believe. Um, when, you, when new stuff comes into the IWM, because unfortunately mm. there are still wars going on, there are. Um, has, has, this, has the approach to acquisition changed now? Yeah. So yeah. what's changed about that? Yeah, well, well, you know, we're now getting, for example, you know, um, uh, mobile video from soldiers. Who in, are in, in, in a foxhole in Afghanistan. Yeah, it all has to be cleared by the MOD, but then it comes into our collection and it gets accessioned like anything else. And the rights, rights approach changed at all or not? Um, uh, I, I'm not entirely sure if I'm honest about okay. that. But certainly in terms of... Um, accessioning that material that's that you know we have a contemporary collecting um, uh, approach and strategy right and you're sharing that with other big galleries museums and institutions um, you, is there, I should know this but I don't are they I mean, working too closely IP, together there is an IP group isn't, isn't there but um, I'm not quite I don't sit on it so I'm not quite sure what gets shared I mean, Tom I, is, it, is it open can people who are not in it at the moment come along Okay. okay. So one of the things we're going to do, obviously, is we're going to post all the presentations, we're going to post the links and various things that have come up, and I would ask um, Linda or somebody to make sure we can post the link through to wherever we can find information about that and anything else, because clearly there's a common theme coming through about sharing skills and sharing knowledge. Um, are there thoughts and questions, or shall I start picking on tables that have been quiet? Brilliant. Question <laughs> on a non-previously questioning table. You win the star. Hello. Um, uh, my name is Christy Carson. I'm from uh, Royal Holloway University of London. And I'm fascinated by all of this because I started doing digital projects in 1996 and went through all of this stuff before anybody uh, in the arts organizations was doing it. I've done large digital projects on um, uh, Shakespeare performance. And um, now I'm in the other uh, side of things in a strange way in the sense that in the universities, we now have virtual learning environments, and we're essentially curators now. Um, and so uh, my main question, which uh, uh, I don't know if anyone knows the answer to, but is, and one of the reasons I came today, was to find out what happens to the stuff in the space. I'm already planning things, you know, things I could do with that material, particularly the globe-to-globe the -globe material, and I've been working with the globe a lot. But um, it's a moving target for those of us who are trying to use your things. We, I mean, I totally understand and support the idea of having an experimental approach. But if the URLs don't stay where they are, and you know, we're constantly trying to re-curate materials to then pass on to our students. And um, I would just like to keep, uh, let people get aware, be aware of the fact that it, it is something that if you want people to use those materials, they don't, ha I mean, the experimental approach has its limitations, I would suggest, in the sense of, of getting it into other people's daily practice, I guess. Understood. And um, those who've signed the deals for the space, what do they say? What, what's supposed to happen next? I've got, I've got a little bit of knowledge about this, but I'm going to bow to you guys. Um, well, I think it's open for discussion. I, I'm interested about the URL um, debate because it's one of the things but that um, we had to design and build the site that we did as a, which works off the servers of the BBC um, because of the content that was coming off there and um, that was way above my knowledge and understanding and it was with a, uh, a local team that was actually working on that but they I know that the the URL is rather strange and it's sort of something that doesn't work particularly well with Google 
Um, and so if you, you're Googling sort of like John Peel record collection, you're more likely to get all the news stories before actually getting the space up there. Um, although I think that might have changed soon. So I know that there's an incredible technical team at the BBC working on this, and there is so much content coming in all the time. It's so difficult to sort of manage, um, I guess. But it was always put forward that this was an experiment. And you, I mean, it was actually for someone to say, this is an experiment, go out there, do it, and you can get it wrong, and it's OK, is actually really refreshing. Um, you then don't want to get it wrong. Um, you want to get it as right as you possibly can, and you want to get feedback fairly quickly. So um, I think everyone who's been involved with it has been pleased. I mean, some of the process, there, there's been so little red tape, sometimes a bit scary. It's a bit like, does anyone care? Should we just do it? Okay, let's publish it. It's done. There's that, so that it, it's all sort of very sort of quick. So I think there's, I'm sure this is sort of like come the end of October, there's going to be a, an assessment now and sort of say, okay, what happens next? Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask Ollie, what, what, what were you clearing? I mean, were you clearing in perpetuity uh, from material? That was the idea. Um, <laughs> it wasn't really possible to do that in every case, partly because some people simply don't offer that. Right. Uh, partly because... But you still use the work, for the, you put it into the work for the duration of the space, then, rather than say, we're not going to use that. Yes, yeah, I mean, you, I started by saying, you know, perpetuity, worldwide, blah de blah and we're not paying much money either. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, getting a quote, uh, often, they, often people only offer uh, one year, three years, whatever. Um, so actually, it's, it's really pertinent to our project because there's a sort of spread of availability for this stuff. You know, I think one, I mean, we were negotiating one thing, an incredible um, Japanese uh, anime interpretation of Kafka's story, The Country Doctor, which is fantastic. It's on YouTube. You Sounds can watch good. it. It's about 20 minutes long, but we wanted a decent high-res version. And, you know, we were prepared to go right down because this guy is, you know, it's an amazing work. It must have taken, a, you know, a lot of his energy. He's obviously got very good professional representation in Tokyo. And the price they offered us was from the kind of film and TV world, if you see what I mean, and we're from the kind of print magazine world and got a bit knock-kneed about it, and we're prepared to go right down to the duration of the space for that license, um, but uh, it still wasn't really workable, unfortunately. Um, so there's but, an interesting... But, go on, keep going. Well, the whole project's going to be on a microsite of its own, uh, and they will think... So they will have their own project, the LRB, of holding on to that in whatever way they think is wisest, if you see what I mean, independent of the space, where it will also stay as a space project for however long and in whatever way that's eventually deemed appropriate. But yeah, as I understand, that's the discussion that's going on now. Uh, but they partly had that idea to be able to do things that you can't do on the space and to be able to make choices about things like typography. URLs, um, I don't know if there's any good way to do it, really, is there? I mean, I used to be a, a web editor for another magazine, and um, I, I don't know if there's any way of setting up a kind of total for a kind of permanent forward compatibility for these things because no. it seems to me that methods are always sort of dividing and then coagulating again somewhere else and I don't know if it'll ever... I was thinking the other day, you know, I mean, you know, my parents' generation, well, let's say my grandparents' generation, you know, have witnessed a bit of the digital era and say, you know, that's just staggering change compared to what they knew, you know, people who were born halfway through the 20th century and before, say. Um, I think that the thing that I'll be disconcerted about when I'm old is that I'll say, I was young when things changed all the time. 
the rate of change will accelerate to such a point that it's exhausting. And I'll say, you know, digital, fine, you know, all this stuff changing, fine. But I can't keep up with the accelerating rate of change, and that's what people will adapt to, if you see what I mean. Because they've adapted, we've adapted in terms of arts and in terms of formats. But, you know, can you keep up with the speed at which all those things are going? You know, will, will they ever arrive at an answer for URLs? I don't know. I guess my, my, what was your follow-up? Uh, my follow-up was to say what I was hoping to, to find out is, and I'm kind of here um, uh, as a representative of a, a Creative Works, which is um, a, a joint um, uh, network of, of London universities, um, because we're trying to sh tr figure out where the responsibility is. And so, you know, going back to your point about changing um, uh, the the institutional um, practices. I think inter-institutional practices are changing as well. And uh, I guess what I, the question is, where is the responsibilities for sustainability going to land? And this is something we've already been through through the universities because our projects were all project funded and I've been trying for 10 yeah. years to get yeah. mine updated. And, and I guess the question is whether or not the universities have a role perhaps in curating where those, those things end up. So that you know, rather than generating the material, since you're all doing it now, um, that actually we, we keep collections of, of URLs, you know, yeah. up to date, mm, and which yeah. are, are curated by experts. That's my theory. Okay. I mean, it's, I, I had a similar conversation with the outgoing director of the British Library not long ago, because obviously they're right on the sharp end of that, aren't they? Um, for what it's worth, what I know is one of the four external advisors on the space. The, the intention was to make the URL, URLs as persistent as you can. You can. I don't think you can go forward forever. Nobody can. Um, I think the, the, probably the best advice is to watch, I'm not going to say that because that would have been an awful pun, is to just wait for what the Arts Council is about to say about its intentions with its £20 million digital um, investment. I'm looking very carefully at a very senior Arts Council person who's on your table, so I'm not overstepping the mark here. That's Richard Russell from the Arts Council. Um, because... I think the intention is to let the pilot run its course and to leverage it, but actually, you know, if, if more follows, I'm sure some of these questions will have to be settled and worked through. That, that sounded like an okay on-the-fence answer, Richard. Um, Eddie, did you want to chip in on that at all? No, I didn't dominate, but I, I Can we get a mic to Eddie first? Uh, with, this, with, this, with the space, it was only meant to be a six-month experiment, but it was, it was really like a Trojan horse, a piece of Trotskyite entryism. We just thought, let's do something and see if some cool things come out, like the John Peel and the, uh, the Wolseth essay, and let's just see where it goes to, and it might lead to something cool. But we all feared, years and years and years of symposiums and workshops and conferences, as good as they are, I think these things have to be allied to kind of action, however chaotic. So, fingers crossed, something good that comes out of the space. But I just want to say, in respect to what the panel have been saying, uh, this is like an observation, briefly, none of the things you've done are like tele-shaped, which I think is great. When Mark Thompson and Alan Davy launched Building Digital Capacity, they said the risk is, to the man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And the risk was we get loads of video. And what's terrific about the Royal Museum and John's Peel and the Wolseth essay is they're just not what telly would, they're just not what telly would do. And I think there's a more permissive rights environment around such levels of innovation. By the way, I base this on no evidence, just a gut feel. I think where people are being really, really, really innovative the world sort of respects that and likes it. Now, there might well be legal complaints piling, and who, who knows? But I think it creates a halo of virtue and innovation. So I just wanted to thank the three for, 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 for risking things and not doing something television-shaped. Hmm. I, I should say that in the thing, we, we were working with such goodwill. I mean, you, you, you take someone like John Peel, and, and it's just been an honor to actually do it. But also, you go, you phone 
people up and say, we're doing this, and you'd like to be involved, and by the way, can we use your rights and just have them forever? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It, it probably doesn't happen all the time for a lot of sort of other projects, so, so we have had an advantage there. That's quite a sage point, though, isn't it? Because, you know, this is an exciting moment, a big pilot. Mm. But those of us who've been burned and, you know, fired in the, in the 15 years of this, I'm looking at Ben out the back, know that it's systemic change and approaches that work widely that actually make the thing happen. The iPlayer. Creative Archive was a, quotes, pilot. It was required for the iPlayer because it took a bunch of people like Ben years of their lives to make one turn into the other. Um, so that, yeah, I, I'm always a bit cautious about over-piloting mm. and having too many pilot projects, because you do get a, you know, it's the big change that makes a difference. I'm a trustee at the ENO. We have to have an MU deal, because we have a lot of musicians, and that's the only way we can get anything done, is to have a good MU deal. Other, other questions? I've got a question there. Anybody else want to be sort of Gatwick stacked for the next one? No? Okay. We'll come back. Um, Kathy Williams from the National Archives. Um, it seems to me, isn't one of the issues around rights the fact that non-commercial, perhaps cultural heritage organisations now want to be in the same space with a non-capital S as commercial organisations? So we all want to be on the internet. We're all there. And therefore, like you were saying, you know, you, Ollie, you were getting prices for use that were based on film and television companies' kinds of prices when you were coming from a non-commercial sort of use um, angle. So I just wondered if one of the challenges is that we're all competing, and is that what, say, the digital public, sp excuse me, digital public space is intended to try and, you know, step through? Okay, or? that's a really crucial question and a really important one, I think. So. I'm going to ask you a very boring version of that. What's the difference between when they think you're on telly and when they know you're not in terms of the sort of prices they ask you? Well, the, film and t the, the, the price I mentioned that came from the film and TV world was for video material. You know, it's a 20-minute film that's been drawn by hand. Yeah, but um, I don't, I, my point is it doesn't matter. No, you no, know, no. We just all want digital content mm. and we want to pitch it online yeah. but as, as you said um, as well Charlie you know you went uh, no I can't remember who it was now but somebody you couldn't get the right so you went and downloaded it anyway and put up a small risk because it was available online so my you know my I, you know I'm thinking aloud here but my point is is that one of the challenges I'm sure it is so th they ask you for what a thousand pounds a minute if they think it's television and you think you've got a hundred pounds a minute or is it an order of magnitude difference, or is it two orders of magnitude, uh, the sort of money that we're talking well, about? Well, I won't go into numbers. Well, you don't need but, to name... Well, you will, because I'll ask you again on. if you don't do it. I will be passionate <laughs> about it. Because this is really important. There's a significant question in this. Is this just impossible, apart from when you're... Because this space is hugely well-resourced compared to everyday running in most organisations. Is it impossible? Is it... I mean, you don't have to do the number, but is it a tenth? Is it a hundredth? Is it a thousandth in your experience? Right, well, the, the angle I'm coming at this from is that... Uh, you know, the world that I have tended to work in um, just wouldn't be able to play on the same right. stage. Uh, the price we were asked for for 30 seconds was equivalent to the rights budget for the whole project. Right. So being that that was one of about 18, no, 20 or 25 items that we used, right. obviously not feasible. Right. And we'd, we'd gone to them saying, can we have the the whole 20 minute film? We thought, you know, ask, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. 30 seconds was the whole rights budget. Um, so How does that compare with, with you, Charlie? Because you obviously clear TV shows, I clear TV shows. What's the... Well, I mean, yeah. It, we, we had a 
a small fee. We, we, we had a small fee for the actual record collection itself with John's family um, that was there. We had a, uh, a, a small, how much should we put in for uh, clearances and stuff like that? What were we going to happen? Uh, and um, and it's, it's taken, advance, well, we, it, it was impossible. And we just actually put a figure. And actually, we haven't, we, what we've spent on it is time. Because yeah. we've negotiated with everyone that we've used that the rights for their stuff for nothing for, for the use okay. of the project. So I used chairs privilege to be rude to you. I didn't mean to. Uh, ben, can you ask? I'm going to be rude to you now. So in practice, what is the difference in BBC terms? Is, there, is it yeah. a tenth? Is it a hundredth in, in, in general? Can we get a mic to Ben at the back, please? Because this is the meat and drink of it, isn't it, really? Yeah, so, I mean, it all comes back to the actual value of the work you want to use and, and the market value actually um, I mean uh, Ollie that's, you, that's an you, important you, distinction that you it's a very important distinction yeah. because uh, you were mentioning about your the still of Archduke Ferdinand being or yeah. the, the, the yeah. assassinator yeah. Um, I mean that is a, probably the only still in yeah. existence of that moment yeah, yeah. It's quite valuable. so it's very valuable absolutely um, now you know, what I was going to say earlier in my presentation was that essentially there's two layers. There's the physical property of the rights, the, the content. Mm. So it's the footage, the photograph, the text. You've actually got to get your hands on that physical property to mm. use it. And if somebody's got that and they own the only one, mm. they can name their price. Yeah. Um, so it's up to you to negotiate where you can. Now, coming back to your point about the, the rates, I mean, it, depending on whether you're d dealing direct with the rights owner, um, who and it's not all about the money for some people actually. Uh, if you if you get them bought into the project, um, persuade them why it's such an important project culturally or heritage wise. Um, that it's not always about the money. Mm. Other times it is about the money and it's about the market rate. Mm. And if you're going through an agent or a licensing agency or a film library, for example, they will have their rate cards. Yeah. And they're very you know, unlikely to deviate from that. And they, they will have a rate card for licensing to a broadcaster. They will have a license for possibly online use for a limited time. They will have different rates. So but is there any... I'm just going to pursue it once more. I'm not going to Chloe Smith, I promise. But is there any equation? You know, I accept the Lyndon Johnson answer. He said, only ever give me one-handed uh, one economists. So they can't say, well, on the one hand... <laughs> And on the, well, they only get me one-handed rights negotiators. Um, in a standard rate card, you know, for mm -hmm. main, not, not special things, is that, is it, are rights holders saying it's ten times more for TV than it is for online, or is it just impossible this, to have this conversation? It, it's not possible, really. It's just not possible? It's not possible. I, I mean, everybody has different rates, so you can't okay. say it's ten times as much for you, television. You or, could look at things like music. I mean, the uh, PRS clearances and stuff online and stuff, so that if you're running on an online site and it's about number of hits and everything else like that, they, you can actually, that's pretty reasonable, actually a very reasonable price to actually clear a lot of music and stuff like that. You've still got the publishing rights to deal with as well, separately, but you've, so that there are sort of some things, but I think, I mean, one of the things is if you're the BBC and you sort of go to someone and say, I'm the BBC, what's it going to cost me? People yeah. are going to go, okay. Um, if you go and you say, I'm a poor independent production company um, and we're about to die, could you help us out? Mm. You might get a better deal. And, and um, I, I think there is, I think there is, there's, a, there's an ability as an indie 
is that you live and die by the deals that you do and, and the best deal you can possibly do. And, and I think that's, that's why I'd sort of say work with people who are sort of like doing this because they will try and get the lowest possible price they possibly can without being unfair or anything else or make the decision to when to give up and actually go, just no, move on. Okay, so one last question then. Um, what did you, each of the three of you, what do you feel you learned the most from? I mean, and not in general, sort of, you know, distress terms or, you know, um, in terms of the things you learnt about the rights areas that you think, if you could give one piece of advice to people embarking on your project again, what would you do differently that you learn the most from? I don't know who wants to go first. Everybody goes like that at that point. Um, okay. Charlie, you've been... Uh, what did I learn most? Um, that it was... That you, you can... The, the approach we um, we took was right. I think it's probably that we, we actually sort of took a risk with it and actually went out there and we haven't been challenged for it. So I think it, it's to it's to take chances to actually sort of um, to to not abuse things and not sort of like um, take piss, but actually just sort of say, okay, I think if if you've got a project you really believe in it and you can go to people and say, let's just do this because it needs to be done. And that's kind of, I think, how this happened. I think without it, if we hadn't had, and that comes across from the space making the decision when we pitched the idea to them in the first place, they could have gone, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> they actually saw it, and then, and then it was just embraced. So I think what I've learned is that um, if, you, if your gut feeling is to go for it, then go for it. Holly? Well, mine's a bit like that, which is uh, don't, be, don't be too put off. Um, my, the example I used of getting that piece of BBC Newsnight footage um, and a lot of the stuff that we intended to find, uh, and loads of stuff we hadn't intended to find, um, showed me that this brief that sounded quite kind of wild at the beginning was actually quite feasible. Right. Um, it you know things never look exactly as you picture them; they can look better. You know, can look quite different. But um, you know, believe believe that you can do it. You know. Thank you, Calvin. Um, I guess it's just that um, that I was been I've been quite surprised by how you can generate um, a lot of energy and positivity around something that people generally have a heavy heart about within a large organisation, um, and how we've managed to not just me but collectively how we've managed to um, to, to think about uh, digital rights um, as as an opportunity and an opportunity for the organisation to grow and change. Brilliant. I'm going to use that as an opportunity to sum up then in that case, and then I'll thank the panellists. I've found it really interesting this afternoon. I think, for me, I've picked up three or four different things, and, and Carolyn's, you've sort of just done the job for me, actually. I think if we'd been having this conversation four or five years ago, we'd have been talking about all the problems mm. with digital rights, first and foremost. And clearly it is complicated. But it's complicated because it is just complex. Mm. And when you sort of accept it's complex, I think what makes it simple and what you've all done, all five of you that came up today and space projects and otherwise, and what Ben did at the beginning is say, well, actually, there's something very simple you can do, which is just stay completely focused on the thing you're trying to do and be pragmatic about what you've got to do to make that happen with rights or without rights. And that involves doing it early, doing it clearly, bringing expertise, but sort of staying focused on what you're trying to get to. And so many conversations about IP and rights have been about the impediments and the hurdles, and not about the fact that actually we're now seeing projects come through right. which work because people have got the passion to solve it. And also a really interesting and important thread about working together to learn stuff. 
Mm. Um, because there is only, there, you know, every project is different, but actually so many of the issues are common, at least in the way you address them. I think that's been an interesting thing that's come through during the course of the day um, for me as well. And it's been inspiring to hear people stand up on here and say, this is what we didn't do that well, actually, as well. I think it's quite a ballsy thing to do, to come up and say, and we did this wrong, and that we'd have done better and differently, and I think all the panellists did a really great job of that. Um, so I'd like to say thank you to these um, three guys here, um, Ollie and Charlie and Carolyn, for what they've just contributed, to the other panellists, and to you. This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash artscouncilengland.